A reading from Luke. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. classmates in seminary earned the not-so-affectionate nickname, the patron saint of know-it-alls. No matter the class, no matter the subject, he always wanted to be the first to respond, the last to bend the teacher's ear, and host the most ambitious study group. Unlike some who have a genuine love for knowledge or are naturally curious, his whole persona felt like a hustle. It seemed as if he always wanted us to know that he was three steps ahead of us exactly where he belonged. It was exhausting and impenetrable. At the beginning of our final semester, students on track to be ordained take the general ordination exams. Amanda has just completed hers and knows better than most that while it is longer than the bar exam, it is not nearly as challenging. It's intended as a practical application of the formation that you've experienced while in seminary. Unlike the bar exam, there are not letters of the law to be memorized, but rather a necessary testing of how knowledge gained in seminary might be used in a ministry context. Much to everyone's surprise, our patron saint of know-it-alls completely and totally bombed the exams. There are seven sections, and he didn't do poorly on just one, but on most of them. It was a public and painful disorientation for someone who had built his whole self-image on knowing it all. Sitting with this text and with Simon Peter's reaction to Jesus, my classmate came to mind. I imagine Simon Peter was the know-it-all of their group. Listen again. Master... We have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I'll let down the nets. It's a bold move, especially when Jesus is on the receiving end. 
but you all know the type. Whether it's a colleague, a neighbor, or a parent to your child's friend, this attitude is a challenge to encounter. If they didn't come up with the idea, it's probably not worth trying. The way Jesus handles Simon Peter is such a holy and helpful reminder for me. Even know-it-alls are called by the Lord. But that's not the surprising part. God can take any cork or brokenness and use it for something beautiful. It's the grace and hopefulness that comes later in the passage that is such good news. You see, Simon Peter thought it was his knowledge and expertise as a fisherman that mattered most. And that is totally understandable. Relying on our knowledge and expertise can provide great comfort. Jesus Jesus does not dismiss Simon Peter's vocation. In fact, he amplifies how powerful it is to have such a bountiful catch. In doing so, Jesus earns Simon Peter's trust. Simon Peter knows how difficult it is to fill nets to capacity. Fresh off a night of frustration, Jesus easily fills the nets to the point of bursting. Simon Peter is in awe. With this newfound trust, Jesus turns his attention to the real mission at hand. It's not about the fish. It's never been about the fish. It's about showing people Jesus so that they might know the very heart of God. Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Contained in this is a glimpse of what it looks like to show people Jesus. Naturally, it's Jesus' own actions that provide a roadmap for this calling. Showing people Jesus looks like demonstrating a willingness to sit and linger, taking ample time to enter into relationship. Think about it for a moment. If it's a conversation that you hope will end as quickly as it started, you don't take time to sit down. To sit down is to signal that for a period of time, you are willing to tune everything else out. Jesus sat and taught the crowds from the boat. To show people Jesus is to lavishly spend time in the company of another. Showing people Jesus looks like getting comfortable with sacrifice. While the story turns out well for Peter in the long run, there was plenty that he gave up along the way. Most obviously, he put down his net and followed Jesus to the cross. I imagine there are unspoken parts of his life that he gave up along the way as well, like his role as the know-it-all or his vulnerability and getting it really wrong about Jesus and yet working to build God's church. Showing people Jesus probably means we're going to have to sacrifice some of the things we hold sacred along the way. Showing people Jesus looks like falling to your knees in amazement and awe. Jesus fills the nets to the point of bursting, and Simon Peter was totally overwhelmed. Being confronted with the abundance of God often looks like a complete and total reversal from know-it-all to humble follower. Showing people Jesus means releasing ourselves of the necessity to be anything resembling a know-it-all. When we spend our life worried about how to do this, we miss the point altogether. The thing we think it's about is rarely actually what it's about. As Episcopalians, we can get incredibly worried about this thing we call evangelism. 
Yet I would argue Simon Peter, former know-it-all turned rock of the church, is an ideal model for how we can do this work. As Simon Peter learned, Jesus is the one to do the transforming. We are invited to make it our practice to constantly point people towards Jesus, to the very heart of God. St. Michael's, you all are incredibly adept at this holy work. I want to share with you this morning just a few examples as to how I have witnessed you pointing towards Jesus in the last year. In one of the peaks of the pandemic, of pandemic contagiousness, one of our beloved parishioners had a family member who was dying of cancer. Traveling to be with her at the end of her life was a decision full of risk and yet totally necessary. Those closest to her ached for some way to show their love and care. The night before she left, we gathered in front of her home in the rain with umbrellas and flashlights. She joined us outside and we sang Amazing Grace through our masks. We all cried, shared love from a distance, and sent her forward with our blessings. The willingness to sit and linger with another, to be with another in her pain, it was an act that embodied the love of Jesus. As you will hear more about later this morning, the Outreach Committee has not been slowed by the pandemic restrictions this year. Quite the opposite. With our new leadership and the support of the congregation, we have found new and creative ways to be with our neighbors throughout Arlington. One thing we stumbled upon was an invitation to build a garden in the yard at Seibert House, which are apartments for neighbors who are coming out of homelessness just a block from the church. Several of our most handy parishioners built the box garden and then worked alongside residents to plant vegetables and flowers. Our parishioners did not show up as the experts, but listened, asked questions, and entered into relationship with the residents. Because they planted things the residents were interested in enjoying, the garden has flourished. And because our parishioners began the relationship with curiosity and awe, the relationships have flourished. To the best of my knowledge, there was no language of conversion or talk of evangelizing our neighbors, but to literally kneel beside one another in awe is a picture of what it looks like to show people Jesus. The Care Committee is another way in which we have been repeatedly pointed towards Jesus. While it started with our Cindy's, Matlack and Warkentine, Paula and Wendy, there are many of you who have taken up this work. You regularly make phone calls, send notes, and have been on the hunt for puzzles for one another. You've taken the time to make sure those who live alone don't sink into loneliness. You've dropped off banana bread when my family and I had COVID, and you've prayed for one another as challenges of pandemic living have lingered. But it's not about the puzzles, the bread, or the cards themselves, but rather pointing towards the source of our hope, the one who puts on your heart to care for one another in the first place. So St. Michael's, don't get distracted wondering how to do this work. You are already doing this work. As Simon Peter learned, it was never about the fish, and yet that's where his journey with Jesus began. You don't have to know it all. All you need to do is keep showing people Jesus. Amen. Amen.